0: Hi, welcome back to Six-Fifths. I'm Stan.
1: And I'm Evan. Yes, That's right. Evan.
0: Yeah. Instead of Everett. Everett's sitting over here. Because we were more interested in talking to Evan today about what you're supposed to do after you graduate.
1: That's right. So should I start off with just like a minute about me and who I am? And yeah, sure. Why I am relevant to this Who are you? <laughs> yes. Well, so uh... I, am, I am a good friend of both Stan and Everett. I am a 2015... So I've just decided what I'm doing after I graduate and that is going to grad school here at MIT Woo! for a physics PhD.
0: Yay. He's going to stay here for
1: another six years. Yep, I'm gonna extend my time to ten, to a decade.
0: Yes. That's Which weird. Which is exciting. That's it's a little still weird. weird. Yeah. So yeah, so how do you figure out um, how that you were gonna say for grad school?
1: Well, one of the first things that my advisor told me is he said he put both me and the other undergrad in our group in a room, and he said, Hey, this isn't a comment about your ability or anything like that. Just know that there are other options besides grad school. Mm-hmm. You know, here we were, we, we were obviously both studying physics, and in the sciences, it's pretty common to, you know, to just think, Oh, okay, after this, I'm going to go to grad school, and then I'm going to become a professor, and then I'm going to do all this amazing research, and I'm going to win a Nobel Prize. And, you know, that's like any, any point along that path, it could, it could go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the first one of those is, is grad school. So there were plenty, he said there were plenty of things you can do besides grad school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't do it just because you, you know, think that it's the only thing you can do. Right. So, you know, we got to talking a little bit about it. But, you know, I decided that it would, at the very least, open up a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason that I decided to go through
0: with it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's contrary to what I did, which is not apply <laughs> to right. grad school. Yeah. Yeah. I did up apply to grad school mostly because MIT is really hard. And I thought it was just going to be burned out if I were to continue on the path. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: there's, there's something to that. You know, academia is a stressful career. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I was told as well is, you know, don't, don't go into grad school thinking, okay, I'm just going gonna, gonna to get my PhD and then that's going to be it. It's, I'm finally going to be free to, you know, relax and have a nice job. No, no. It's not, yeah, no. <laughs> that's no, no. not at all what happens. You know, you stay in academia, it's stressful no matter what you do. Your PhD Mm. is stressful, you know, any postdoc positions you have are stressful. Being a professor is stressful. So, you know, I, I can totally understand why that's a deterrent to a lot of people.
0: Right. Though I think that the way a lot of people here just are in general, I don't think a lot of people are looking for a super, super cushy job at the end. Like, I think some people here would get bored, depending on if they actually just sat around and, you know, made all the money. Though that does sound really nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That does sound nice. Yeah. It'll never be us though.
0: Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's like, what do you want to do after you retire? Like, I want to keep on working because that sounds really boring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, don't
1: th- I don't think that far
0: ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that far ahead for a bit. It was real. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like you when you when you don't go to grad school, you then you go out and get a job, and then you're sitting here thinking like. Um, you have to deal with like the retirement account stuff, like you know having a 401k or a 403b something like that, and you realize that if you don't go back to school or something like that, then this is like you know this is the state of your life for the next I don't know 50 years. So what are you gonna do to fill that 50 years? And that's a weird thought.
1: Yeah, well I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's it's true even if you go if you do go back to school though, right? You know you're making a career mm-hmm. that's hopefully gonna take up most of your adult life. Right. And you know, it doesn't have to be exactly the same job for 50 years, but Right. You know, I'm looking to start a career in physics and the best way to do that is to start by going to grad school.
0: So mm. I think that's I think that though there's a sense of definite time that well, there really isn't, but I think people like to do this. There's a sense of definite time that a PhD sort of is, like, you know, in some time less than, you know, eight years, right. you're going to come out with it. But when you have, when you just go out and you, you know, get that developer job or whatever, it's kind of like, I think a lot of people here don't really, I wouldn't necessarily say it's specific to here either. I would say that a lot of people in their 20s don't necessarily, um think about, oh, how long am I going to be at this job? And that kind of leads to this thing where a lot of people want to kind of over-optimize their first job or put weird um, pressures on their first job because they think of that job as the job they're going to stay at for, like, the next, Mm. like, 40 years or something until you retire. But I don't think that's really a thing that you should think about. No, not
1: necessarily. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously I don't really have experience in that. Doing anything yeah. like that, looking for—I don't even have experience looking for a <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, because
0: you've done research. At least every not full-time go- jo- Well, you've no, I, I
1: had, time had I had part-time jobs over the summer. Yeah. Um, my first two years. Oh, okay. That were not research. They were they were basically, um, software jobs. Oh yeah yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I was looking for grad schools, not for jobs, and you know they are they're they're really pretty similar in almost every way, but it's still not exactly the same thing. Hmm. But it's not. I do. I do think it would be strange to think if I were looking for a job. I. I don't see myself thinking, "Oh, this is going to be the job that I have for my entire life."
0: Right. Yeah. And the job I have now, I definitely don't intend on like keeping for my entire life either. Yeah. Yeah. Because eventually, I'll probably go to grad school. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe.
1: That's the thing that a lot of people say.
0: Well, yeah, because they say it's hard to go back once you're out. Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. I think for my type of job though, because um, I'm I'm like a I'm a research tech um, at my lab. I think for my type of job though, it's people constantly remind you that what are you going to do after you leave this job? So they obviously oh, okay. don't expect you to be there.
1: So it is. A, I mean, there are there yeah. are jobs like that too. Uh-huh. Um, you know, where it's really sort of expected that you don't stay for more than like two to four years or something.
0: Everett's nodding his head.
2: I'm playing a game right now ignore me
0: (laughs) Uh, okay i thought you're reacting to what we were talking about which i thought was which i thought would have been interesting to hear okay why 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 did you decide to like who decides to stay here for another six years
1: (laughs) you know there's there's something about yeah there's something about this place that i was really happy to get an offer to stay Mm -hmm. um i didn't expect it at all and in hindsight you know, at the time, when I got the offer, I was like, this is this is just hilarious. This is really silly. Yeah. Why would they want me to come back? There's mm-hmm. no way I would stay here. But, you know, in hindsight, I was, I was more ecstatic to get that offer than I was any of the others. Mm-hmm. And I was also laughing my ass off just because it was actually pretty funny. Right. But I was overwhelmingly happy about it. And mm-hmm. so when it came down to really make a decision, I visited a lot of other places, a lot of other really good offers, but... I couldn't turn this place down. Mm-hmm. I felt like I would regret it if I did. Yeah, and that's, that's something true. that I didn't feel with the other schools.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of like how I make all my decisions, more or less, is that would you actually be happy if you didn't do this? Yeah. yeah. No, it's.
1: I mean, you think a lot about, you know, would you be happy, would you be unhappy, whatever, if you do this. Mm-hmm. But what you really need to think about in a lot of cases is would you be happy or unhappy if you don't do this? Right. Because that's just as... Relevant, really. Yeah. And if you can't decide, you know, if you're looking between two options, well, I'd be happy doing them both. Mm-hmm. Then you have to think, is there one that you would be less happy, if, you know, if you didn't take it? Yeah. And that's what it came down to for me. Because, like I said, I had a couple of other really good offers and it was hard to decide. Mm-hmm. One of them, actually, the, the project that I want to work on was even, it was a collaboration at MIT and Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. So my, my top project that I want to work on in grad school is actually in... Two schools, both of which I was considering really, really strongly. Yeah. So even that, I couldn't, I couldn't even separate that. I couldn't say, well, there's a good project here. There's a good no. They were the same project. <laughs> so I had to think about it from the other side, which is would I regret going to Santa Barbara? Mm. And the answer was maybe. Yeah. Whereas I wouldn't regret staying here. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's well. I think that doesn't actually sound weird to someone who likes it here. It's just that some who people- likes it here. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's an interesting question that we kind of don't like dove into um when we were talking about like our mental health stuff that like you know because people tend to have this weird baseline level of depression it doesn't seem like people uh like it here yeah it doesn't seem like anyone but, likes it. i mean here. at least
1: if you know if, if i'm if i'm to somehow represent some amount of people at the school which maybe i am maybe i'm not but you know i i seem to at least like it here yeah. I mean, I don't consider myself that different from a lot of people here. And right. when it came down to, you know, <laughs> choosing to spend six more years there. My answer was yes. So. Yeah.
0: And that's good. Uh, because it shows that you, like, you seriously thought about it. Because I do think that there are people out there who would stay where they are just for the fact of staying where they are. I think that happens more when you um, choose to, like, where you're going to go for undergrad more than where you're going to go to grad school. That's true. You know know how Mm -hmm. a lot of
1: people stay close to home?
0: Yeah, because, you know, you are comfortable with what you're at, your parents are nearby. uh, Well, I mean, I won't
1: lie. That's that's part of why I stayed here, too. Mm -hmm. But in some places, that is actively discouraged, including here.
0: Yeah.
1: It is actively discouraged that you... You know, it's, you're encouraged to go somewhere else. Uh-huh. But, you know, I decided, well, if the department as a whole really felt that I should go somewhere else, then they wouldn't have given me the offer. Right. So,
0: exactly. Yeah. They encourage you to go elsewhere, but if they really want you to stay, yeah. then...
1: And they didn't give the offer to many people. So, you know, there's there's something... It's like, what the other, it's like what the other schools said and what, you know, I'm sure other job offers... When you get a job offer, I'm sure it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where they look at you and they say, okay, we think... That we could be a good fit for you, and now it's time for you to decide if you're a good fit for us. Right. So MIT said that you know that it is a good fit for me, and I said yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's that's really all it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's actually like one of the first things that um, that my boss said to me on my first day was really? that was that she thought that this job was different than maybe the job I thought I was taking um, because it's different from um, the standard way that, um, that most lab techs are set up because most lab techs are set up where they have a they directly to a postdoc and you know that postdoc um, kind of tells them everything what's due every day they and the put it's the postdocs product that they're working on. And my thing is a little unique because me and my, me and my supervisor who's like a research scientist, she like writes our grants and stuff. Like she has a unique position in our lab to begin with, but like we come up with a project together and then I go do it and it's related to some of the other stuff that's coming off of this platform that we work with and stuff like that. And it it makes it so I'm super independent and I have to go and um, I have to go and just interface with a lot of people and really, I, I set my own schedule. Um, I set my own schedule from day one, basically. And, and, uh, and she said that I thought this job would be a good fit for you looking at, um, like who else we were hiring and stuff like that. And so now you have to like step up to the plate and do it. Cause I, cause I, tr- I put my trust in you when I hired you kind of thing to, Ooh. to, to do this. And so, and so, uh. And so now you and so now you have to do it and uh yeah, it's been going it's been going pretty well, like I got a job offer from MIT from an MIT lab to stay, yeah. and I didn't really want it. I don't know like um the thing that the thing that turned me off of it the most was that the other the other woman who worked in that lab was actually in a class with me, actually. And she was working in this in the subgroup of this lab. I was actually working in the same lab, but I was working in a different subgroup. And Todd's this girl who had been working in the subgroup we got the offer for, and she didn't like her job. Hmm. And that was one thing that told me that maybe I didn't want to stay in that stay in that same lab, in that same environment, if it was going to be a thing that um, that someone else didn't like. And that other, I consider that other person to be, you know, a relatively, like, normal, sane person, right? So, and I, I really want to enjoy my job and not regret um, yeah, no, not exactly. having done something else, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I took this job. And then it was also really funny because the job I took is at a lab where i had actually applied to like 10 times and had gotten rejected from a bunch of jobs and then because my lab works in that building and in a a different place then um then i work in the lab where i had previously applied to but i got in through the back door kind of weirdly (laughs) i found it funny (laughs) yeah yeah
1: i guess you could probably say the same for me too considering i was an undergrad here
0: yeah, but it's not really getting in through in the, through the back door. I'm not really sure that's getting in through the back door here. If anything, I think that might hurt you.
1: Oh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like I said, they don't they don't tend to keep their own undergrads, but mm-hmm. at yeah. the same time, it's kinda like here, you can come in through this entrance. Right. We <laughs> don't usually let people do that, but that yeah. kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's def but it's definitely a thing. This this is an interesting question that, that we that we had come up with. So if you Say you have, well, one, how do you, like, you know, well, I think how you come up with a list of, like, what you want to do is kind of is unique to the easy place we want to go. There's a bunch of factors you have to decide there. Um, but then, like, in the off chance that you had not gotten into any of these except, like, your bottom choice one, or, like, if you're applying for a job, it's like the same thing. If you are, have a list of jobs you applied to and you applied for this one job because you Thought you could get it, but you actually don't want it. Would much rather have this other job, but that's the only job you get. So what do you do then? Like, where's the where where what would your what process be if that was the case? Well, I mean,
1: it depends what your other options are, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, so if you're looking for a specific type of job and you apply to a lot of jobs mm-hmm. that you know do that kind of thing that you want to do, and you only get one that's maybe not so great, mm-hmm. then what other kinds of jobs? would you be looking at and is right. it is it, you know, feasible to apply for more that you might like better uh-huh. or is it not? Right. And, you know, or, or it could be that there aren't really other mm-hmm. jobs that you would, that you could see yourself doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it does, it kind of depends, but I think in most cases I would, I would hope that you only applied to jobs that you at least sort of want. Right. Right. I mean, even mm. if, even if you don't get some that you really want. I mean, I, I didn't get a lot that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. I got rejected from pretty much all the Ivy Leagues. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I guess I expected as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still only applied to places that I really want to go. Yep. That I could really see myself. Except for Chicago, because after I visited, I did not see myself in Chicago. But oh. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, I mean, it is. it is... I would think in most cases, you know... You get, you apply for eight jobs, you get one or something like that, and it's like, well, okay, you still only, like, you apply to those eight out of the infinite number of jobs you could potentially apply for, mm-hmm. so there must be something about it. Right. And, you know, but you could, at the same time, you could decide, well, wait, you know, like, they're, in, in the context of grad school, for example, you can perhaps take a year mm-hmm. and then apply again. Right. That's a thing that actually a lot of people do. I mean, I'm, you know, in, in certain types of jobs, probably not so much, but... Mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of things like in the sciences you can get some sort of lab tech job yeah. for two years like we were just talking about how you know there are some jobs that people only really expect you to keep for two yeah. or four years something like that you mm-hmm. could get a job like that get some really good experience over your, under your belt that you know a lot of other applicants aren't going to have right and then apply again if that's right. really still something that you want to do
0: yeah it does make your application stronger, instead of yeah, yeah instead of
1: going to you know your sixth choice grad school or something
0: mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, and we actually, uh, I was actually talking to my coworkers um, because they, a lot of them are kind of in the same boat that I am, that they're looking to go to um, grad school or med school. And it's not even that. It's not even the experience point of it, but it's like, if you spend a year out between undergrad and doing whatever postgraduate thing, it gets you in a different headspace. So if you're really, Absolutely. yeah, so if you're not, if you really are on the fence about um, about applying to grad school because of whatever reason, um, or like, you know, the way things happen if you undergrad, you know, you didn't get as much experience or whatever, uh, but then even if you... Even if you take a job that's maybe a little less what you thought it was, the fact that you now get to spend that year um, separated from the rest of like doing sets and all that stuff, this extra stress that shows up because undergrad is college, right? Yeah. And it's going to school and going to school. Require, it, it involves you doing a lot of miscellaneous crap um, <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily all pushing you towards the direction where you want to go. Um, it makes you really think about what you want and what you actually care about doing in some cases yeah. because some people get roped into doing lots of crap they don't want to do and and all that stuff. And it just puts you in a better position um, for you as, a, as being like a whole and more developed person to then take that forward and have a stronger application because you'll just be able to put together something that's better even if, for sure, even even if you didn't actually like gain a ton, a ton out of it, does that makes does that make sense?
1: If you didn't, well, I mean, I would say that you do. In well, the you get, sense, you gain
0: something, but I'm right. I'm talking about more like on paper. Like, say you did you did this thing right. for a year, but right. on like, paper, yeah. it's it's a
1: you know something on your resume, and that's really it. It's right, part of your resume. Yeah,
0: it's like even if you were just doing. Even if you like you were in a lab like your senior year of undergrad and you stayed in that lab for like another year and then you and then you applied. But that's that's a thing that a lot of like Bao people do, actually. Okay. Yeah. And um and that does not look like a, a super awesome like shit on your resume, right? It's just like you, you kept on doing the same thing that you were doing before. Right. And but the fat your mindset changes so much even just from that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it can be I mean that's that's also why you know they say that a lot of people who, you know, say, Oh, I'm gonna go to grad school but I'm gonna take three years off and then they you know, they never go back. Mm-hmm. That's that's what a lot of people say, and that's I'm sure it's part of the reason, is you know, you, you gain a lot of life experience really mm-hmm. in those three years and you can change your opinion about a lot of things. Right. So you know, that could that I could definitely see that being a better option than than taking, you know, this this job that you're not really sure if you wanted.
0: Right. But again, like, if you take a job that you don't know if you super, super want, um, because that's also a question, it's like, well, depending on your timeline. Well, one, you should, if you don't have a job that you, if you don't have a job offer on the table that you necessarily think is super awesome, like, the clock is not necessarily over, like, all the time. And I think some people, like, will stop the clock rather than letting you you run out the clock a lot, because because that's a risk. It is. If you have a if you have a job offer on the table, this actually happened to one of my friends. You you know her that that. Do you um, mean just
1: that you could apply to more jobs? Yes, that you can year? apply to more yeah.
0: jobs, and that like you 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 get a job offer, you have like what like two two weeks, two to six weeks or yeah. whatever to accept the offer. Um, in a lot of cases, and. Um, it's if you let that time expire then you actually have to go out and get a new job yeah. or you could take it and then not worry about something but what if that thing is like you know it's December you get this thing and it's the only thing you have now and it's a risk whether you're going to get something next semester or not right
1: yeah no you're yeah. right mm-hmm. so is it a risk worth taking
0: yeah and I think that's something that people should think about a little bit more seriously because I do think that some people think like the answer to that is absolutely no that it's that it's not a risk we're taking like like that they will take this job offer and they will then live with it um but you can also you can always apply to like a job while you're in a job right you can yeah i mean how are you supposed to how are you supposed to change especially
1: if it's one of those you know jobs that people expect you to leave after a certain amount of time (laughs) yeah nobody's gonna fault you you can like one of my friends who's a lab tech at the, uh, the physics lab here at MIT, he's actively looking for other jobs. Right. He's been there for three years, mm-hmm. and, you know, he openly talks about it with his boss, about where he might want to go next year or the year after.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it's
1: definitely not an issue.
0: Yeah, it's not. Actually, I don't really think it's an issue anywhere, as long as you develop that understanding yeah. with people in a professional manner. You should not just go <laughs> up and say, JK, guys, I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> screw all y'all. No. Two
1: weeks notice. <laughs> day one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's not how this is supposed to go but I like, probably not yeah but if you develop a relationship with your boss and you have that um personal understanding that you know staying in one place is not necessarily for you and you want to move on then they can even help direct you give you certain yeah. projects that'll that'll get you in a better state to be a stronger applicant for anything else that you do
1: no, so what else did what else did you want to talk about making these decisions if you're single
0: versus if you're not single don't get hung up on one sexy detail that was a funny that was was a funny series wait
1: okay so we should (laughs) clarify we should clarify that the the one sexy detail um analogy or whatever you want to call it, is not not about being single or not single yeah it's not about being single or not
0: single (laughs) that was
1: it's just about it's for example the beach in santa barbara yeah don't get hung up on the fact that there's a beach next to campus right you know, it's something to consider. Maybe it depends. I guess maybe mm-hmm. to some people it's more than just a sexy detail, but right to me it was. To me it was nothing more
0: than just just the beach. Yeah, know? it's just a
1: beach. I mean, there's a beach here.
0: Yeah, there's a beach here. It's
1: not the same beach. But... <laughs> Cal-
0: California beach and maps used to be so not the same beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also like you know, beaches also come with their own hazards and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily super sexy all the time yeah the one sexy detail thing i think actually comes up more during well no i think it it comes up during undergrad and grad school decisions but i think you're actually a little bit more prone to that when you're an Mm. undergrad oh yeah for sure yeah for example Mm.
1: harvard has one really sexy detail that is their name is harvard yes (laughs) (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i think it's not fair to get hung up on that yes because harvard's not the best place for a lot of people yeah including most of the people who go here
0: yeah yeah it was not a good place for me yeah yeah didn't didn't go yeah that was that was interesting my mom gave me my mom thought it was weird she was like why did you even apply if you you didn't want to go and that was like you guys i mean
1: <laughs> the name is harvard
0: yeah yeah she basically was like did you actually just do that just so you could say no if they if they, if they accepted you
1: <laughs> that's that's fair, but also if they don't accept you, then you just gave them a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kinda... why
1: I'm really sad that I applied to Harvard.
0: Because then they just took your hundred dollars. Yeah, they just
1: took my hundred dollars and they spent it on booze for some one of the accepted students.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. They barely
1: even learned my name. I bet they didn't learn my name.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet they didn't. Yeah, Appli- application application fees. Not not a fan of that yeah I
1: mean it's just it's a thing that people have to do to make sure that they don't have a hundred thousand applications from you know just anybody (laughs)
0: yeah maybe
1: they do have a hundred thousand okay so like a million applications
0: (laughs) (laughs) how much money is that ugh that's that's like schools get an absurd amount of money from that
1: I mean schools have an absurd amount of money they're like huge research institutions right
0: Yes, they do, but still, like you know, think yeah. of think about like undergrad admissions. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's like you take a thousand, you take a thousand people at, at like a it used it used to be close to like a ten percent acceptance rate, but now it's yeah, now it's even less. Yeah, it's now a- it's even less than that. It was
2: higher this year than it was the last like five years. Hmm.
0: Yeah. But it kept on going down every year from when I applied. I think when I applied, the ex- the acceptance rate was still like was still above ten percent, and then it dropped below ten yeah. percent. My
2: year was like eight, and then the year uh, last year it was like seven. I'm not sure if you can hear me. But. Yeah, if uh, yeah.
1: You guys can't hear Everett on the side here talking about specific acceptance rates that we can't remember from the past <laughs> few years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think last year it was somewhere between like seven and eight. Or, yeah something like that
2: yeah
0: yeah but MIT was actually the school that I applied to that was a there was a school that wasn't a like uh that wasn't like a state university or uh more like well BU is a public um BU is not public, um, private. Yeah, no, yeah, BU's, BU's private yeah yeah BU is private yeah yeah BU is private university yeah so I, I applied to there but um but then I applied to University of Arizona. everyone else I everywhere else I applied to had like a seven, six percent acceptance rate. Then MIT had a seven percent acceptance rate. So you would think that I would get into MIT more so than some of the other places. Mm. This is not necessarily it's, true. No, it's not yeah. at all. I mean yeah. that's
1: that's part of what makes MIT different actually, you know, like if you the IVs I would probably agree with you. Mm-hmm. Right, I would say, okay, if you get into Harvard, you might also get into Stanford. Mm-hmm. If you don't get into Harvard, you might also not get into like. There's there's a lot of correlation. Stanford's, there. Not, an League. Stanford's not an Ivy. Stanford's
0: no. not an Ivy. No, no Stanford's different. not an Ivy League. Ivy well, League exclusively refers to things in the Ivy League oh, I guess Athletic Conference. Yeah, right? Stanford's yeah, not yeah, part of that.
1: Yeah, Northeastern. Yeah. Schools, but in any case, there's there's probably a lot of correlation there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but with MIT, it's it is. I do feel like the admissions are slightly different. Yeah, I feel like they really try to answer the question: Is this person a good fit for us?
0: There's been, there was an article, um, actually there have been a couple articles that got um, posted about MIT admissions, um, over over the last, a little bit. There was actually one in particular, a story that I heard before, I'm not really sure if it's true, um, but it was a question that, um, it was a question that something got picked up, they got picked up by somebody, because it was a post that was answered on Quora, um, by somebody who used to work in the admissions office, where they essentially give you two numbers for MIT admissions. They give you a uh, they give you a qualitative score and a quantitative score. And people who are and it, you get you get rated on the on the quantitative score from one to ten. You get rated on the qualitative score from five to ten, uh, because if you're less than five, then you wouldn't be considered anyway. So mm. so um, and then. And then they and then they and then they like plot out everybody, and they take people who are like you know in the ten ten quadrant, and then they'll take people that have they'll take people that have a, they have like a qualitative like fit score of ten and a quantitative score of nine over somebody who has the reverse. Hmm. Yeah, so, that, that,
1: could, that could. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends what the difference between a nine and a ten is, right? Right. I'm assuming in the quantitative score, it's not much.
0: Right, it's yeah. the difference
1: between like an international kid that studied his ass off mm. and got perfect scores on all his tests versus right. you know somebody who didn't quite do that but is still uh-huh. really smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was actually really interesting um, from from how that builds the standpoint of how that ends up building the environment because kind of um, kind of throwing back to some of the stuff we were talking about in the mental health episode. They did make it sound like that they won't take somebody who is a 10 quantitative, like, 6 qualitative, because that person just won't be able to handle it here. Like, they will, they can, they can handle, um, they they're like these one there's these one to like track academic people so these people are the type of people who do really awesome in grad school because they're just doing like you know the phd they're just doing that one project Mm -hmm. something like that but these people tend to not be able to hold up as well in the stress of having to deal with like you know taking multiple types of classes and stuff like that yeah and so those people are less likely to get taken as opposed to somebody who maybe isn't as awesome um, purely academically, but yeah. does fit super well in the community, or have some skill that will like make them fit well, and thus will be able to easier find a support group and get them so- and build themselves up to. Yeah, the I think that's something that's
1: really state. important. And it's part of what makes this place what it is.
0: Yeah, though I did find I did find it interesting though. Just the the implication of you can't handle it if you don't if you haven't um, developed these <laughs> sort of soft skills, which is something that I think was. More or less explicitly said in that article. Really? Yeah, which I found interesting, slightly problematic because I think, yeah, yeah, because I I mean,
1: we've already talked about how how some people do have real difficulty, yeah, handling it, so to speak. Right. Right. And so I mean, God, if they really make such an effort to to try to select for people that they hope can handle it, right? How much worse could it be?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That. That's that's actually an interesting point.
1: Slightly scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let that sit. Because we'll table that for another. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll let that sit. Maybe if people want to comment on that, that could be an interesting thing to comment on. Yeah,
1: We're eventually going to go talk. back to making these decisions if you're single versus if you're not.
0: Yes, because one sexy detail often can be... No,
1: that is not a related thing.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it is a related thing. It's sort of a related thing, because one sexy detail can be that you are close to whoever... You are trying to pursue or want to be with.
1: That's true. Yeah. So that would be if you're single. If we're or are single you saying just... if you're not single? If you're not single, it seems to me that your girlfriend is, a, you know, is not just a sexy detail. It's like something to consider.
0: Yeah, I think that is depending on how serious. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That could that that actually is a topic that probably deserves its entire its entire episode of the podcast. How dating is and why how dating is why you maybe shouldn't think about that if you are 18 but maybe you should and that depends on the circumstance Mm -hmm. but yeah that happens yeah i mean
1: people just have a wide an incredibly wide range of circumstances that's Mm -hmm. the thing
0: yeah yeah but does is it actually easier overall if you're single uh yeah probably i mean it's
1: it's yeah it's probably easier yeah in the sense that you don't have to struggle with
0: Right, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that one of our friends is struggling with that right now, making the same decision that I made last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is he has a girlfriend. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he has an extra thing to consider, and that's why yeah. he hasn't decided yet.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's 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 what is hard. But I do think that the fact that we acknowledge that it's hard is still something that's worth being said because I think some people, especially for undergrad. Um, ambitions and undergrad ambition season, like I'm pretty sure Harvard had their um, admin weekend last weekend because I went out to Harvard yesterday and there were just like a ton of people floating around. oh there. really yeah there' a ton of people who looked very young <laughs> younger than average. I don't know They hang around like JP looks in very light and stuff.
1: Sounds like tourists.
0: they were standing right in front of the door. That's how you knew that they were tourists because I didn't understand that you were supposed to like you know move out of the way of things of course. Yes, this is how things work. This is
1: how tourists work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um yeah, the thing that gets brought up a lot, um, if you are in a high school relationship, is that like when you uh when you go to college you should like break up with them because that's not worth it. Um, it's not worth the it's not worth the stress to do so. Yeah, I mean I don't I, I don't, don't
1: that, like I don't like blanket yeah rules like that. Yeah, I don't like I mean anything. I agree that like in ninety nine percent of cases High school relationships are not going to work out, but you know what? In 1%, they will.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you ruin that 1% for somebody by convincing them they should break up, I mean, yeah, I just don't like blanket statements like that, but I see yeah. what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Parents are very good at making those blanket statements. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, they basically told me when my high school girlfriend broke up with me that, oh, well, you weren't really going to think about doing that forever anyway, were you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was still nice while it was yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, not the super encouraging thing you want to say to a seventeen-year-old, but no, that's true. That's kind of how my parents roll. They 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 love me. Should probably be
1: slightly more mature before you like,
0: yeah,
1: you know, try to understand the fact that you weren't going to be with somebody forever anyway. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I think I do think in college it's slightly different. I mean, it's much more common for people to be looking at Mm -hmm. jobs and you know whatever other things they're doing after graduation Mm -hmm. in the context of, well, can my girlfriend or can my boyfriend, you know, get something similar, right? you know, in the area or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think it's, I do think it's more justified, I guess. Right. Um, than a high school relationship.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're obviously more mature and college is the time when you gain a lot of maturity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do, you know, you, I, I think it's actually really kind of a profound thing. You come in with you know, you come as a freshman. You're just like you're basically still a high school student. You're living on your own for the first time, mm-hmm. and you know you're meeting all these new people in this professional setting. Mm-hmm. And then you come out as a senior, and you know here you are on a first name basis with like a dozen professors, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a very different world. And I it's it's interesting how that transition, you know, you don't really notice it happening, but then you you get to the end of the four years and you're like, well, wait a minute. So I do think it's quite different, and I think you're. I think that it's certainly a thing to consider if you're in a serious relationship, and that does make it difficult. Mm-hmm. But it's something that a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that is, um, like, that's also why you like kind of outgrow like certain living groups or certain like places where you are. in Oh, under-
1: <laughs> we could have another episode about that.
0: <laughs> oh yes, we could.
1: <laughs> that would probably be a targeted audience, though.
0: Well, no, we can make it general. I suppose. It's actually a very general topic. Because I feel like... I know a lot of people think think about this. Yeah. Not just, not just people in our house. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying that we don't like the house. We love the house. It would be interesting to talk about, for sure. Yes. I will have some very pointed things to say.
1: Maybe it is something we should talk about. Mm-hmm. I will interject from the side, like Everett is doing now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think that... I think that this episode ends up being kind of short, and I think that's okay because I think that it doesn't need to be super long. It's just that uh, because the thing that's said is just the thing that um, not a a ton of people will say to you because they will try to make things more complicated than they need to be. But you should just pick what makes you happy. Yeah, you should pick
1: something that makes you happy, and you should really understand that it's... You should think about... I, what I really like is thinking about the converse, mm-hmm. you know, instead of thinking about what will happen if I take this job, think about what will happen if I don't, how will mm-hmm. I feel if I don't. Right. Because that's something that you don't always think about. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just, it, obviously you do think of, uh, you know, you do think what happens if I don't take X, well that means, well, I mean, you know, I'm taking Y. Right. Right. And you do think about that, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: think about it in both contexts. Yeah. Because that's what did it for me.
0: Yeah, and I think that because uh, Underground Mission season two, like CPW, is next weekend. Um, campus TV weekend is next weekend, yes, and
1: our, when all the little seventeen-year-olds come to our campus and clog up the hallways.
0: Yeah. Oh, I should remember not to get lunch on campus next Thursday and Friday.
1: You should. Pro- yes. Yes. You should get lunch at one of the many fraternities that will have free lunch.
0: Yes. But I would look weird because I'm an old person. No,
1: you just, you just get one of those little booklets.
0: Yeah, too far. Too far to walk during my lunch break. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, well, what, was I, what was I actually going to say? Oh, that a lot of people will say that you need to go somewhere um, that is, like, you know, because you get into MIT, you have to go to MIT. Because you get into Harvard, you have to go to Harvard. But if it doesn't make you happy, you should not. Well, wait,
1: do you mean stay in the same place, or do you mean, like, go to, do you mean, like, not stepping down? In, what do you mean? Do you, do you mean, are you, are you saying that, like, people encourage you to go to the same place a lot of the time?
0: No, I mean, like, if, like, when you, after you go to your preview weekend and you're at home, and, like, say you got into Harvard, and, but you went to, like, Harvard and MIT's visit weekend, you were happy at MIT, but your parents pressured you to go to Harvard, um, because you, because it's Harvard, But you're not going to be happy there, you should go to MIT. Of of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. and that, I mean, I just use Harvard MIT as an example, but I feel like most people apply to more than one college or or grad school. Most people get into more than one college or grad school, they have more than one job offer, that type of thing. Yeah, and when you have options, you should not be afraid to pick what makes you feel happy. Stepping down for grad school is still a really big
2: deal, though it's a really big deal if you want to be a professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, If you want to do whatever the fuck, then the it doesn't matter school. that much. Well, you know, mm-hmm. Like, if you want to be a professor, it's a really big deal. If you're going to a place like this and you go to somewhere that's sub-top 20, it's a really big deal. Like, there's statistics... Like, Don't want to see the statistics. You, they're depressing. <laughs> I mean, not for you, because you're going to MIT. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, something like, you know... Uh, what eight schools account for like eighty percent of history professors, for example, things like that. Like Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's ridiculous. Like the top twenty-five schools contribute like ten times more professors than all the other schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stepping I mean, down not, is stepping down is like you think about it. terrible. What? That's not super surprising, really. It it isn't, but it means that stepping down is a huge deal. Yeah. You lose a lot. You stand to lose a lot when you do this, um, so you have to think very carefully about it. Sometimes you can get trapped in a rock and a, between a rock and a hard place with that.
0: But that definitely is something you should consider. Then, and hopefully yeah, you yeah, did. Exactly. Like, and that's exactly why if you if you were going to be a professor and you didn't necessarily get into somewhere that was top twenty for that, then maybe you should consider not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's yeah. Consider uh, not yeah.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, that's certainly true. I just I do think it's kind of a shame that. People tend to, you know, we, we've talked so much about, oh, where would you be happy, blah, 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 blah. and then mm-hmm. that just sort of gets trumped by, oh, it's, it, you know, you don't want to step down from somewhere like MIT. I to mean,
2: later I'd like to be a professor, so right? I'd yeah, rather, exactly. I'd rather be okay with my life for 30 years than be really happy to be a grad student for six years and then fucking hate everything for like another 10 years while I'm trying to start another career because guess what, I didn't get a job. So. though
0: quite honestly I don't feel like I would be happy making the the decision to just be happy for six years right like, if I, if I exactly. had enough, if like, I had enough yeah. foresight about what I was doing and I realized that was going to happen that would mean that I making that decision would not that would not be the decision I made right. anyway because it would right. not afford me happiness of being comfortable later yeah. right yep. yeah and that that still that still supports the point. Even if, if yeah. you as long as you think about it long term.
1: Which is oftentimes very difficult to do.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you know, when I came into MIT as an undergrad, I thought I was going to study chemistry. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Woo, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Everett's
1: an even better example. <laughs> <laughs> I at least stayed close to chemistry. No, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, have, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in six years. I would like to think that I'm going to be looking for, you know, postdoctoral positions somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't know.
0: Right. A lot could change. Yeah. But you still have to set yourself up so you'll have yeah. the most options towards the direction of where you want. Yeah.
1: To. That's a, no, that's, that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. And so don't, don't make any decisions that won't make you happy, and also don't make any decisions that will screw you over in the future, because that is not that is not making future you happy. Yeah, you still have to care That's a scary
1: future. thing to think <laughs> about. Yeah. You know, don't make any decisions that screw you over in the future. Like, well, how am I going to know? You know, obviously, you're not going to know until it happens,
0: and then you're screwed, and then it's too late. But you could get screwed anyway, right? you have yeah, to give yourself the best yeah. shot possible. Yeah, and that's all. And I think that um, for a lot of people, their gut feeling is a lot of times give themselves the best sh- to do the thing that gives themselves the best shot possible. So hopefully, you have um, had enough life experience that you can draw yeah. upon that. Yep and, yep, and that's exactly the difference yeah.
1: between being 17 and being 22. Yeah, twenty one,
0: and that's why seventeen year olds don't apply to be a PhD, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that does does happen. (laughs) 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 occasionally. and it's uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know really that many of those people. No one person, but he got a job.
1: Do I know any? Nope, nope. I know somebody who applied when she was twenty six, though.
0: Twenty six for for a PhD. Oh yeah, I know a guy who's thirty two is applying for a PhD now. Yeah. All right. I think we'll wrap it. Alright. Alright. Come back next week for some more stuff. And I'm Stan. I'm Evan. And you can email us at our email, sixfistmit.edu. Subscribe to our iTunes uh, channel and visit our website.
1: And hit me up on Insta.
0: You can hit Evan up on Insta. <laughs> I, 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 no, I don't have an Insta. Well, you can make an Insta for Evan and then we can hit you up. Yes. yes. Yes, somebody listening to can, can make an Instagram for me. That's how we'll see how many listeners we have. There we go. For and we find out who makes us feed and then and then who how many people subscribe to it. That's a fun experiment. Alright. Yeah.